up, Internet? All important podcasts start with witty catchphrases and in black. That might be because it's an audio medium and there's not really no yeah, there's, there's no video. visuals around it. No. Um, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Matthew Kroll. And should I get experimental surgery to make my eyes bigger and look more vulnerable? I am Shahir Dad with glasses. And that is true. <laughs> and this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the Lego Batman movie. How many Batman movies have we done on this podcast? Um, Three? Two. Three? No, two. Two. No, no, three. Suicide Squad. uh, Suicide Squad Batman appeared. Yeah. Speaking of appearing. Yeah. We have a returning guest who might have taken the crown for the most visits. Is it? How many times has it been this time? Jessica Tucker. Hi. Yeah. Now, wait, Jess, before we get started, normally there's a notepad. There's no notepad today. See, this podcast is already full of twists and turns. (laughs) Yeah. Because I went digital. Oh. I got them. I got them, but they're... For anyone listening in, go back to our Revenant episode. Or our uh, Star Wars episode four episode. Yeah, any episode with Or our Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them episode. (laughs) Where she wrote more notes than I think the novel actually contained. (laughs) Yeah. Go back to any of our old episodes with Jess Tucker. Jess Tucker always comes in with a huge notepad, usually with beautifully written notes. Beautiful, you. like the, you have the most beautiful handwriting. Thank you. That um, actually makes me sad that you went digital. Yeah, I, I know. The world is missing out I on th- imagining what your handwriting looks like. It doesn't feel the same without like a tangible little of course. notepad Wait, we, here. But does that mean you were in the movie theater tip tapping away no. on the phone? No, I no she's no. not a monster. Actually, <laughs> so we went to see this movie together mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, it was interesting because we went to the Alamo Draft House. Love the Alamo oh, Draft great, House. Yeah. The Alamo mm-hmm. Draft House. Great, great Alamo Shout Draft out. House. Yeah, I like, I like the Alamo um, Draft House. But they are very strict and I agree with this policy that you can't be late to a movie. Like you're not allowed to go. Like they, they, <laughs> they, they cu- hitchcock it on you? They cut you off. You get eight minutes after the doors close. It's, our movie started at 4.50 We uh, and Jess got there I think at 4.56. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, and it was close. It was very close. We were the last ones. In was it like an attendant theater. standing outside with his hand no. on the clock? His name was Matt, looking yeah. at was you it? disapprovingly, yeah, yeah, kind uh, of like staring at you, going, uh, 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 "But you're not going to make." And she, he sees you coming down the hallway, like running, he's closing the door, <laughs> and he's no. like slowly closing the door. I think they were giving us the stink eye, but then we held the door for the waiter. Yeah, we got there and we held the door, and he's like, "Oh, thank you so yeah. much." Like another guy was running back to do we, it. He had I a full slid tray. in there like I was running oh. in the home place. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. So we just made it. As long as you order a milkshake from the Amelo Draft House, I, we I didn't order any food. We were going to oh, go food really? after. Yeah. I know. Yeah. You guys kind of. Oh, know. shut up! We wanted to enjoy the whole, the whole reason you go. We yeah. didn't participate in yet. the Lego Batman movie. Oh yeah. Gosh. So speaking of milkshakes, if you like to shake things up, you can contact us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. You can also what? That was a great segue. That was a great segue. <laughs> It's better than what I had. Should, I, should I have been? If you want to shake things up. Yeah. <laughs> I can't you do the sh- Batman voice the entire time. You should do the Batman voice the I entire time. And voice. you know what? I, I think in, in, in respect to this movie, you should do the Batman voice as a meta commentary of anything that I possible. say in this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to. We'll see. Wanna. Yeah. I don't want to. You can't make me. Um, yeah, you contact us. Let us know what you think of Lego Batman or any of the other films that we do. Also, you can see us on Facebook. We have a little Facebook page and our our website, OnlyMoviePodcast.com. And yeah, we got a lot of places. Come say hi. Come tell us what you like, what you don't like, et cetera, et cetera, You can even see us live coming up at Boston PAX. Matt, what are the dates for that? That is correct. It is the 10th of March, the year of our Lord, 2017. Uh, we're going to be in the Dragonfly Theater, I believe, at noon doing the final mm-hmm. The third time around. Third time's a charm. Getting good at video game movies. We're going to, we now have all the information. We've done it. (laughs) The first time we were just taking shots in the dark. And I think we made some really good progress on how Hollywood can fix making video game adapted content into film. The second time we got a little more, a couple more examples. We had the Warcraft movie that got released. We had Assassin's Creed and we dove deep kind of into those genres when we did it uh, at MAGFest in DC. And now we're going to have, the trilogy is going to come to fruition and we will have every bit of information we possibly can to learn how to make the best video game movie possible. If uh, if anyone wants to do any homework, there's a really good article in Wired uh, that came out this week about why the Halo movie fell apart. Um, and it's a really interesting ex- look at why, uh, how a big game studio, yeah. Microsoft, couldn't quite deal with Hollywood, or there was like a, a difference of uh, 
style of management between these two I- industries. I'm very glad it did fall apart because while I did like people involved, that basically made it so District 9 could be made. Right. Which because was, District 9 took a lot of yeah, um, they, visual aspect and even a lot of like the tech and even prop work that had been done for Halo and repurposed it. Yeah. In fact, because uh, I was in New Zealand at the time the Halo movie was being made and friends of mine were in that yeah. in the in the test stuff that they shot for it. So it was really interesting to see the evolution of what happened to Neil Blomkamp at that whole time as well. Yeah. So I think we'll be talking about the Halo uh, a little bit more in detail in the uh, in the live panel. Yeah. Uh, well, come but, see us. Come see us if you're in the Boston area, New yeah. England, etc. Yeah, but. They but. close the doors at 12.08. We do. We will so close the doors prompt. at 12.08. We'll Hitchcock you. Uh, <laughs> you're not allowed in. Yeah. Uh, but please come on down. It'll be fun. <laughs> but please come. <laughs> um, but today we're talking the Lego Batman movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How, uh, I mean, so this is the third Batman movie we've done. This is the third movie with Batman in it that we've done. And I would uh, venture to say the best of the three. Oh, uh, yo, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, this is also the second Lego movie after, did you guys see the Lego movie yeah. that came yes. out last, uh, last summer? Tucker, Tucker, you got a history with the Lego movie, don't you? I do. Well, <laughs> what's your, what's your, tell us your story? story yeah. so. <laughs> I saw the Lego movie. Well done. Uh, when Matt asked me if I, I was interested in seeing this one, I told him that I only had two movies in my digital library. <laughs> oh, really? And one was the Lego movie and one is Twilight. Wow. And so I took a picture and I was What's, like, I'm in. I'm trying to draw the line in my brain between those two films. Like, what is the common factor that went that made Jace Tucker go, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy this. Darkness. Yeah. No parents. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, in Twilight, she has no No, no she, she has, she has no, uh, her mom is like dating a baseball player or some shit. She lives in a different state. Yeah. yeah. Right. But there is darkness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Is it just the Twilight movie? It's not like the trilogy or I have all of them <laughs> as well. <laughs> physically. Oh but wow. the first one came with like the the violet thing that they ultraviolet. were ultraviolet. The ultraviolet. Uh, and it came with like a digital download and so I have that. I hate but ultraviolet. But I never saw like a movie and one the in the theater. In the theater. And oh. um everyone just was said it was so good they were like you should just buy it. And so I bought it. Okay. Well, interestingly, I I saw this in the theater as well because obviously I can't see it on um, Blu-ray. You're just not that big yet. It's, it's yeah. You didn't get a screener email. I didn't, to I didn't your get house. a screener email to my house, and I didn't pirate it. But this was like the first. I, I went to a later session than you guys, not four fifty-eight. Um, and wait, this, wait, wait, I feel like there was some shade thrown in our way. What's wrong with me. matinee prices? She here. <laughs> some of us have other things to do during the day. Just That's so all you I'm know, saying. Carrie Russell and her husband were also yeah, there at the so, exact same so time. So chill the fuck uh, out. Were they in the same theater? <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh wait. Okay. They were walking in. Well, the thing was is that um, we've had this conversation in the past where people, uh, you know, people have brought kids to movies and and late movies, and I'm I'm now that I'm a parent, I'm always kind of. Super judgmental about that. Yeah, I know unnecessarily judgmental. So but you're admitting that you were just judging us. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm judging the parents okay. of that. Uh, bring okay. their kids I, I do that already, so I'm, yeah. I'm on board. I'm super judgy of like, and it's got nothing to do with the parenting. It's just that I am a firm believer in like bedtime and like, mm-hmm. and kids need like solid bedtime. And like, so to me, I always get very anxious when I see a kid awake past 9 p.m. What time was your showing? Uh, the movie started at like 10. Oh, so, oh, so wow. it was a late. It's, and, and, that's past bedtime. And, and everyone in the theater had brought their kids to the movie, and these were little kids. So oh. these were like, you know, there were there were some kids that were like, I, I would venture to say three years old in oh, the theater wow. at I mean, this is New York City. Uh, I don't agree with it, but we see this sort of nonsense all the damn time. We had like good aged kids it was in everybody. the theater. It was, it, was, it was a real mix mash. It right. was fun. The one thing is, and, and like, again, I don't think you should bring kids to movies at 10 p.m. Uh, but that, you know, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing was, every kid in the theater seemed to really enjoy the movie. Yeah. They were like, really? And it was one of those experiences where, like, people were talking to the screen and it was okay. You know, like, it's fine for people to, like, shout at the screen in the middle of this movie. It, mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, it's so, it's such a... I found it so fun and low stakes that it was okay for people to like be cracking jokes during the movie. I don't know, you Matt, you're giving me like uh, the bat scowl. Right I just, now. I, just, I hate it when people talk during the movie. Really, uh, <laughs> bothers you? Yeah, I mean, look, and a little kid getting excited—that's one thing. This, yeah, this is a that's kids' movie. It was, you it, was, can't it, was get mad a, it was kids getting excited, you know, yeah. kind of like but at you, the movie. And that's you to talk me. during the fucking Batman Lego <laughs> movie. <laughs> 
But I've been, I've told you, I won't tell it again because I've told it before, but the, uh, that movie Unchained, the Jet Li movie where he was like a dog and he had like the the thing and he took the leash off. Massive attack to the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> that there was a six-year-old kid uh, in there shouting "Kill him, kill him!" every a time. Six-year-old kid, and I was just like, "What is happening?" And that was just my 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 benchmark of poor parenting. <laughs> but um, we didn't have talking; we just had a bunch of laughing, which la- was mostly me. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Oh, that's but, great. But you know what was interesting, and and I think you and I talked about this after the fact was. We got different laughs at different points based on different age groups and types mm. of people. Yes. Like some of the, uh, or not even laughs, just let's say even reactions. Like some of the emotional stuff, there was a girl that was like, no, like there's <laughs> like an older, not a, you know, like our age, I yeah. guess. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you mean old, like real <laughs> old, like really old. Um, but no, it was nice to see the sort of gambit of, uh, of, of, of different audience, enjoyment yeah. in the audience. Uh, which I think this is something I wanted to sort of talk about even before we get more into the specifics of the Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what the Lego universe, I guess, for lack of a better term, there's only two. Maybe it's not a universe yet. No. Well, the thing is, I think the Lego. What is, what's going to happen? No, but the, well, I hope for, you know, like with all every being in my body like that, that they don't create the LCU. The, yeah, I don't you know, think they're the, going to merge them. I think, or not merge them the way that like Marvel does or DC does. I think what they're going to do is kind of do what they did. They're going to do what the video games yeah, do is poke game. fun. And also like there's a ton of cameos from other prop, like Agent Smith is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, Sauron's in yeah, this movie. So it's like, I think they'll do fun things like that, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to like try to make it like a, 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 a continuing story at all. Right. And they had really set up the Batman character in the first movie yeah. to be a it's dick. Movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, this was clearly an offshoot of that first movie because yeah. you know Will Arnett in the first Lego movie was so much fun to kind yeah. of pop right. in, right? And in since I own it and have the special <laughs> features, yeah, they they call out like making the sequel. Like I think they were right on it as soon as the first one came out huh. because it did so well. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so what is? I mean, general impressions, Matt. I mean, well, no, I just sorry, just back to the Lego thing. The the okay. the thing. So the next one is what is it? Ninja, ninjitsu, ninja, nin, nin, Ninjago, Ninjago. Or, thank or, you. Whatever it is, uh, I, I don't know. Is that a property? That's a Lego property. So right. that's a Lego IP. Nin, ninja. Oh, I haven't Ninjago heard of, is I haven't the heard name. Of this. Uh, and it's just ninjas. I, and and uh, you know, because when when I was growing up, we had a couple different sets. We had you know the space Legos. We had the pirate Legos, which are my personal favorite. Then the Mars Legos came out. Mm-hmm. There was also City Builder and like medieval Legos too. But like you had sort of these little like Lego, I guess, universes. I only had basic Legos. But like you didn't have like the things, like, like what, what, what did you build? I had mega blocks no, that cheap rip like, off. Oh, I'm sorry. This explains a lot. Yeah. Like I, I just got the whole reason you're you. I just made forts. Okay. No, because the, bridges. The, like the pirate ones, you could build like a pirate, like there's a pirate ship set mm-hmm. and there's like a pirate mm-hmm. island set and a bunch of stuff. So now, I mean, obviously there's so many movie tie-ins, even with Marvel or DC or anything that. I'm curious, so with Ninjago or whatever that it's called, like, okay, so we've proven that the generic sort of Lego movie could be a success. Now they've done, they've paired it with like an IP, like a real specific IP for Lego Batman. Mm-hmm. Now, can they do it with their own IP? Like, I'm sure they can. I'm yeah, sure I mean, they can, but like, it's just very strange. Like, it's, it's getting into kind of Pixar light territory for me, like where it's like, you know what you're getting into and... The thing with Pixar is that there was a, a a level of quality that you could expect from a Pixar sure. movie, and I think that's what the Lego universe. I, I hope that there is no uh, building towards you know or There's a trilogy. Gonna, no, I, no, I, no. I really hope. I, I think that would ruin the whole experience. In fact, right. I think honestly, I think the lack of a um, Emmett and Wildchild uh, Wild Style. Wild Style. Sorry, I always call her Wildchild. Wild mm-hmm. Style uh, cameo. I think the the fact that they're not in the Lego Batman movie proves Who, who's Emmett the main characters of the Lego movie. So Chris oh, Pratt's right, character, right. his name was Emmett, right? His name was Emmett. Yeah. And then here's here's like That's the right. only here here's why I think that she couldn't Wild Cell couldn't have been in this movie is because the crux of the entire movie was that he was single and lonely and didn't have anybody. And in the first movie, she's his girlfriend. Right. Batman's she girlfriend. Could, this yeah. had to be a separate. But they could have. They, they could have. They could have put like brought, a joke or like a cameo or some sort of thing in it. I do get. Like mm-hmm. you are right from a fundamental standpoint. They couldn't have done it. But I, they could have put Emmett in there. Like I was just. I, I think it's a good thing they didn't because it proves to Shahir's uh, behoovement that this will not become like a shared story. I, I mean, and I mean, the only thing that I, you know, like my biggest problem is that people stop making good individual movies and they try to make. 
you know, pieces to whole movies, which right. is that mm-hmm. pieces to a bigger thing without doing the individual one very well. And the case in points are um, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, which are which are just not very good individual movies. Did I, did I talk about how watching the extended Suicide Squad? Um, no. Okay. Uh, it's, <laughs> and I haven't seen it. It's it's three percent better. Three percent. Uh, it, it, it does more character development and a little bit. So it's like, oh, I care slightly more. Does, but it does doesn't. Harley Quinn have a reason for being in the movie? She has no, 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 still no, well, still no real reason. But the uh, to your definition, but she does have now reasons for the way she acts. They definitely cut out like conversations with main characters that made her so. It must have just thought like, oh, she's crazy, so she'll just do whatever. Right. Like it was like, oh, that explains why she did this to Deadshot or whatever. So right. like those were nice, I guess, but it, it's still not worth your time. So that I mean that brings up an interesting point, which is that. Wh- I mean, I, I I liked the the Lego Batman movie. I thought it was fun for what it was. It did what it set out to do very well, and I enjoyed it. Um, I, the thing that it, the the reason I think that I I may have liked it more than I probably would have ordinarily was that it pointed out to me it was like why why is DC screwing up the the their the DC cinematic universe so much? Why is Batman v Superman so bad, and why is Suicide Squad so bad? When ostensibly the Lego Movie mm-hmm. gets so many basic things right, yeah. and I know it's a, I know it's a comedy, I know it's a parody, I know it's an offshoot, I know that basically the pressure valve is off trying to match the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I was like, why, why is it that this, the smaller film that doesn't have as much resources is an entirely digital thing, um, works? on a fundamental level. See, you know, my problem with those bigger movies is that there's a level of the, the wrong word is incompetence, but the, the, you know, like it's to do with like just the sort of baseline of being able to Mm -hmm. tell a clear and succinct story with a clear arc. Now I'm not saying the Lego Batman movie is amazing and it has an amazing story arc, Mm -hmm. but it has a very clear one and it does it very well. It starts, you know, at, Point A, you know what point B is going to be, but it gets there very well, and, and I and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So why, why, you know that that's the thing I couldn't, uh, you know, watching it, I was like, oh, why, why can't they do this with their, you know, where the thing where they're throwing the most money at, and the most resources, and the right. most, and I mean, I personally think it's because a, unfortunately, I think uh, as much as I think Zack Snyder is a very very talented visualist. I think he he's not a great director. He can make pretty he can make things look beautiful. But yeah, he I so far, I mean, I've seen him I think there's one film, The Dawn of the Dead remake which I think he's demonstrated. Which is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but everything else it seems to have a lack of there's, storytelling. There's too much there's too much non-cohesion. Mm-hmm. There like it's funny cuz mm-hmm. the remake of Dawn of the Dead is wonderful, but then it's like, well, how many like there's been like six other films that mm-hmm. just were directed so poorly and you're like, well, like I, I, did he just get lucky? Like, Maybe we got to give this guy a chance, you know, like, I don't know. But the, the I mean, no, you can't, you can't, you can't put up, you can't put Zack Snyder in a Joss Whedon mask or, or, uh, you know, or a Christopher Nolan mask, which I think or is what Christopher they're, Nolan mask, which I think is what they're trying to do or an Avi Arid uh, mask. <laughs> Like just, just it doesn't work. He's not that guy. I know we're we're stepping away from the the Lego movie, but I mean, so that, it's I mean, just a conversation. So well, yeah. they they kept it simple. I think you're right. It's like there was a very there was a very very clear like direction that they there was a very clear idea of what they wanted to do with with his character mm-hmm. from the get go, and yeah. they set it up in the first movie. Yeah. Um, but I, you didn't need to see the first movie no. to get that. But it made either. sense. Yeah. You, no, you absolutely didn't. So, yeah. But it was just like there was already a jumping off point of something to do with this movie. Um, but it was simple, simple, simple. And it was it didn't feel like there was like too many cooks in the kitchen for this. Whereas I think is, you know, you yeah. have like all these other movies. I, I haven't seen like the Suicide Squad in any you're fine. of those. But yeah. <laughs> Trust me, you're good. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't need to. But yeah, you, you have like 18 people like trying to be the producer and jump in and and pick a direction and and yeah and you have maybe like a director who's who's not really a director who's trying to be a director and like it all along the way all that stuff counts and it goes into the story and actually I was thinking about that too for this is it's like it it's actually amazing that it did come across so simple and executed so well when you know that there were probably so many hands involved mm-hmm. and somehow some way someone kept it organized I think I think as well you know like the the it felt like 
The problem that happens with, with Batman v Superman, for example, is there's mm -hmm. so much reverence for that character. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, like Dar the Dark Knight made a billion dollars and was the first superhero movie to mm -hmm. do that. So like suddenly they were like, oh, and, and you know, and but that's not the first time it happened either. The the Tim Burton series made a shit ton of movie uh, of money. And so they were and like Superman, the original Superman, Superman made yeah. money back in the day. So they, they treat those characters with such reverence. Spider-Man. That 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 that. In a way, you can't poke holes in them. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to treat them with respect, and you're and you're worried about like pissing off your fans. And in in the Lego Batman movie, I think none of that pressure is on them. It's oh, just absolutely like, not. You, can, you know, it's you interesting because because of who Batman is as a character and how many different iterations of Batman that that there have been over the course of the years. Like even there was a quote, right? Mm -hmm. There was the there was a quote mm -hmm. from uh, Alfred says he's been acting so weird over the last yeah, twenty yeah. years. Yeah, he lists, he just listen, listen, listen all the years. Mm -hmm. So Batman, even if you want to go back through the comics like he has been uh, got 15 fully different characters mm -hmm. oh, Always, more than that probably but like so so you, you were talking about these things like oh like you, you know the, the but then we got married to this idea oddly enough with the dark knight returns with frank miller's stuff yeah uh and he's in the comics that he's this dark brooding whatever sort of character when in the 60s he was a dude running around yeah. doing the bat tootsie or yeah. whatever the heck it was <laughs> yeah so like the the reason why i think Lego Batman works and 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 not that a live action movie should try to do this they shouldn't deadpool Batman right but 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 they but could you, but you could but that's the thing people act and the DC cinematic universe thus far has acted like there's no joy yeah they're they're not going to have fun with their thing because they got so used to the Christopher Nolan success which spoiler alert that's just because Christopher Nolan is a beautiful director like he had a vision and he really liked I, I just imagine you standing in front of him stroking his cheek and you are a beautiful, you are a beautiful, beautiful director, director. <laughs> this also uh, takes the pressure off is that it is a kids movie yeah so it's like well it but it's it a kids be, movie it can just be fun it's a kids movie in the way that like the simpsons is is originally designed for kids, but there's a lot of layers to it. Well, and we're can, gonna, yeah, we're gonna. We talk can enjoy it as an adult as well. It mm -hmm. kind of it taps into the the primacy of what you enjoy of it as a kid, but it also taps into like the nostalgia of being a kid if you're an adult. Yes. And this is my point. So the director, Chris McKay. Yeah. Okay. Let's put he him. Edited the first Lego movie. Let's put him next to <laughs> Zack Snyder. Right. Okay. okay? Now, yes, Zack Snyder's made a lot more movies for bigger budgets and bigger audiences yeah. and blah 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 blah, blah. but. Mm. There's more emotional complexity in the Lego Batman movie yes. portrayed with animated talking toy bricks yeah. than I think any of Zack Snyder's movies combined. Right. And that's insane. This dude is a robot chicken alum. Yeah. Like, and that, that's, I say Marvel that with Marvel, which is a show I used to watch. Like, this dude, and it sucks that more people like him. I'm like pointing at his IMDb page on the screen. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Why why don't they get the reins of these bigger things? And if they do get the reins of these bigger things, like I feel like Suicide Squad director David, David Ayer, Ayer, who I love his work, but he got swallowed up by the monstrous, basically, politics that took like, oh shit, Trailer Park cut a really funny trailer. Now they think it's funny. We better make a funny cut of the movie. $10 million worth of reshoots. Oh, wait, which version's the best? It doesn't matter. Smash them together. Like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So this man right here, Chris McKay, at least knows how to keep a story together. Yeah, and please do yourself a favor and Go to IMDb and look up Chris McKay and look at his profile picture. It is super sexy. <laughs> Chris. Chris McKay, you are a beautiful director. <laughs> He's got on the deepest V-neck t-shirt I've ever seen. It's great. For a man of his age. He's, he's, I think he has a Captain America tattoo <laughs> on his arm. Yeah, he does. It, Chris it, McKay it looks and like, Catwoman. Okay. He has fucking Catwoman. Yeah. It is the parody of the perfect Tinder profile picture. He has, right he has it's so good. Batman the Animated Series Catwoman on his forearm. Chris it's McKay, so give me a call. I'm buying you beers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because he was the editor of the Lego movie uh, and a robot chicken, mm -hmm. you know, as you said, a robot chicken alumni. So he wasn't like, um, it wasn't oh, what, oh, oh, what an editor can just change and become something else. That's strange. Yeah. <laughs> Matt used to be an editor and is now a producer. He just wants everyone to know <laughs> that. It the he, Batman voice. He says it, the Batman voice. <laughs> he's saying it as though you would know that, yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't because uh, you can do it. Because you wouldn't. Oh, you lost it. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, yeah, no, so I do think there's something to the low... I mean, I don't know if it's low stakes, but there's... That's the thing, it's not low stakes, but it's understanding both your the, the medium, and I'm not just talking about film, but the style of film that you're making, and... The, and your subject matter, it's kind of similar to the way we talk about the video game movies, too. It's like knowing what to take and what to 
what to, yeah. what to throw away and what you can massage enough that the audience will still like like it as long as you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. This also wasn't like low hanging fruit either. No. Like yeah. this, they took on a big task yeah. by wanting to do a Batman movie and props to them because I this like is almost I think a perfect movie. I, right. <laughs> it yeah, I well, mean we're going to get we're going to get into spoilers, but first yeah. full first impressions from Jess. Full first impressions are that um Almost a perfect movie. Almost a perfect movie. I think that, yeah, and I'll, we'll get into that in Spoiler Town. Well, so, I kind of want to know what your perfect movie is for you now. Ooh. I want to I know a binge. I know, I know. It's the Lego Twilight movie. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'm not mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad. Um, okay, so the it's got the pillar of it's it's a great action movie. Yeah. Lots of good action. Um, the action drives the story. We've had that conversation on this podcast before yeah. yep. about like how that how crucial that is whenever you're doing action like that, that it actually be accomplishing something and moving you forward. They do that here. The comedy is so good. I laughed the entire time. I haven't laughed this hard in a movie theater since Anchorman came out. Oh, wow. I laughed the entire time. And, um, and then lastly, the heart. Yeah. There was a really, really good, um, uh, like lots of like character reversals and, and lots of feels and I didn't cry, but I, I I was, I got the feels like I didn't (laughs) cry, but like I felt something. It was so, yeah, they, they like nailed it like on all three of those levels. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. I think I, and I think the, the, the level of voice work as well, like Michael Sarah as Robin so good. Yeah. was so good in yeah. this and, and Will Arnett as Batman. I mean, I, so the problem, the thing that I, you know, struggle with here is that I think these like Will Arnett and this Batman next to the dark Knight is the best Batman film. Yeah, I would ever? agree. I would agree. Ever? Mm-hmm. You know, better than Michael Keaton, maybe better, you know, uh, well, I was going to say better than Val Kilmer and George Clooney, but that's kind of a given. Um, yeah. Definitely in my books, more interesting than Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, also really, really cool Joker, like bad guy story. Yeah, a really good Joker story. I wasn't as I, wasn't I will a, say I did not like Zach Galifianakis' Galifianakis's as, voice as the Joker. Oh, really? But then I I'm I'm spoiled by Mark Hamill. And I, I kinda, know, you know and you, that's the issue. That's you, that's the real sort of the crux of it because you get you you get into this whole Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy like sets. Kevin Conroy did the Batman the animated series and all, 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 all the, the video games. games. Yeah. Mm. And Mark Hamill is the Joker. Luke Skywalker is okay. the voice of the Joker. And uh He's great. He's such a good Joker, and and and, not, and Zach Galifianakis is great. And I think it's funny once I once I got used to him, I liked it a little better because he played it his own way. Like that's that's the other thing I I appreciated yeah. about Zach's performance, even though it wasn't my favorite. Was he made it his own Joker? Yeah, exactly. Whereas it's, it's hard to like, you know, like Jared Leto coming out to he Heath made Ledger. it he made it everyone else's Joker at right. the same time, which in itself is his own Joker and kind of crazy. But it's all things we'd sort of experienced before. And I'm not saying Zach's was. My favorite, but it was different, and I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, no, <laughs> it just no. felt like we were like, yeah. okay, cool, we're no, done now. No, he was like, he was, he was a good balance <laughs> of like uh, funny, but also like scary. And does Joker always have like the pointy teeth? Uh, he did in um, in some of the newer animated series, mm-hmm. but not. They're normally big and flat and like Cheshire he, Cat. I mean, if I was a kid, I would have been like a little mildly scared. I would have been worried about the Joker. You know, the thing is that the film does <laughs> that. Um, that I think good comedy does, I think, you know, like The Simpsons does um, really well, is it it gives you an invitation to laugh right away. Like, yeah. you know, like right at the beginning, the Joker breaks, you know, like it's got this big sort of action beat, but then it's, you know, it opens with Will Arnett doing that voice at the beginning. And then the Joker appears and the pilot kind of like looks at him like silently going, uh, what are you supposed to be? You know, like, and the film kind of like gives you that invitation to kind yeah. of like, hey, have fun with this, right. you know, like go at it. I, we, we talked about this last week with uh, XXX, uh, The Return of Xander Cage. I never felt like I got the invitation to laugh in that film and I didn't feel You know, like, yours must have just got lost in the mail. I don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel, I'm not on his mailing list uh, anymore. You gotta, you also, gotta, you're not invited to the Russian invaded island parties. Right. Also, I listened to that podcast and I'm still waiting for you to pull out like some food from your pocket. Oh yeah, I, you I, didn't I, bring I, food this honestly, time. Honestly, I, I was actually, I kid I you, I kid you not guys, I was about to to. And I and I, I had a whole thing that I was gonna do. Um, what I was gonna and, and okay, we'll Did do you it. Really? 
I really, I sincerely was. And of here's what I was going to do. You're going to be a prop comic. Now. I was going to be a prop com- prop podcast comic. It's the perfect I, thing for radio. I was going to, yeah. <laughs> I was going to bring my favorite cupcakes. Um, there's this one bakery in the Upper East Side called Two Little Red Hens. And it's uh-huh. a one-off store. They, it's not a franchise. And they make, super, in my opinion, the best cupcake I've ever had in my life. It's a cupcake. And that's what I think this movie is, which is like a last cupcake. week. Yeah, it's a great cupcake. You know, yeah. which is like a cupcake's not good for you. You don't want to have it all the time kind of thing. It's not staple corner of your diet. But occasionally you get a cupcake and you're like, holy shit, I needed that cupcake. What and it was a, and a cupcake is a great treat. Treat yourself. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, so let it be known that Shahir wants to actually punish us, but just talk about the prize we should get. He the won't problem, bring the cupcake. The problem this is- This is why I drink. The problem was, <laughs> the. I, don't, I think it's a President's <laughs> Day thing, but the line outside two little red hens would have like made me late for the podcast. So I couldn't All right, I couldn't apology accepted. Given the fact that I'm not expected to bring food, or am I now? Is that my shtick? I, but I was going to ask you like what food food you would equate this movie to. So. It's, a, it's a cupcake to me. It's, 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 I like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good cupcake, which mm-hmm. is that it's a great little treat. Next I've, time bring cupcakes or get out. <laughs> Whereas like, you know, what's funny is like, uh, I think a film, the other, uh, may, this is, maybe that should be my shtick is I'm the food podcast movie critic. But uh, the, uh, the, the, don't, the, don't think too hard about that. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, did you guys ever see the Speed Racer movie? The, the Wachowski brothers? No. Uh, that was like eating a bag full of the sugariest candy you've ever had where I, I literally couldn't take it after 10 minutes. I was like, I, there's too much stuff. That movie looked the way the chemical brothers make me feel. Right. The only thing I know about that movie is the, when I, the very first Blackberry that I got came with. The, the trailer on it. Oh, really? I was like, wow. The they were like, would you, they, it would be amazing if they gave it, me the whole movie. It came <laughs> was, with a Delta Goodrum video who is like a pop singer from yeah. Australia. Yeah, yeah. I remember Delta Goodrum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Speed Racer trailer. And the Speed Racer trailer. That's like, remember when Windows... Windows uh, 95, it was Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Weezer. Um, but so, yeah, I, I do, it's a good cupcake movie. And that's, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, is that I think a single cupcake made me feel better than a couple of chicken McNuggets in the yeah. case 20, of a, a 20. <laughs> and I'm going to say there's room for all of them, but no, I agree with you on your cupcake analogy. I do think that it's delightful. I'll, I'll, I'll go further down the cupcake rabbit hole because there's, well, a cupcake is a certain sort of thing, right? It's a, it's a small pastry with normally frosting on the top, but you can make a cupcake out of almost anything with any flavor. Like it really can't, like there's a million different flavors of cupcakes, especially in New York city at these specialty cupcakes. I've never stores. had sushi cupcake before. Well, I've- get on that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is there, this movie has. Uh, so, which is why I think a cupcake is a perfect analogy. I love that you're trying to derail me agreeing with you, by the way, but I'm just going to keep just, rolling. I don't know. You can't make a cupcake out of anything. You can, but I'm saying there's <laughs> a, a, a bunch of different options when making cupcakes. Whereas, Mostly cake and frosting. For the love of fun. Are you trying to be the master builder of cupcakes? I, right now, but apparently I'm trying to build the, be the master builder of friendship with the, agreeing with my co-host for once in a blue moon, but apparently I'm not allowed to do that. Keep going. <laughs> There are so many things going on in this movie and so many different aspects of it that you can latch onto. You could latch onto the the the, the straightforward joke one-liner humor. You could latch onto mm-hmm. the visual humor in the background. You could latch onto the actual character performances. You could latch on to the uh sort of DC universe in jokes. Mm-hmm. You could laugh at all of the other like there's di- there's just different types of comedy all throughout. You can latch on to the actual emotion and there is a heart to this movie and even though it's done in a very clever and and subversive way that that can resonate both for children and adults, which is a very hard thing to do. There's so many reasons why this movie is good and and uh and a perfect example of what uh, I mean, I I'll go out and say this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand you don't want to have it all the damn time. Although we literally, what was the first word you said to me when the movie stopped? Again. That is a hundred percent correct. And I couldn't agree more because I was like that. This was so fun. And, and one thing uh, I just want to kind of go off on the, and I think something that, you know, there was a million different pieces, ingredients to this cupcake of a film. The, but one of them not, was, not sushi. was the cast. And I'm not talking, obviously we talked about some of the main players, but like, 
There were so many bit players. Bit parts. Like, yeah, Rosario Darson wasn't a bit part. She was Batgirl and Barbara Gordon. Uh, Ralph Fiennes Jason was... Manzoukas was the Scarecrow. Yeah. For, uh, one, for one line. Jenny Slate was Harley Quinn. Okay, <laughs> sure. Conan O'Brien was the Riddler. Doug Benson for, was was Bane. And they, they for made, one they, line. They made yeah. jokes with the Bane voice, which I really, I, I, I they like, bought, they bought into their own stock, which was yeah. great. Uh, Billy D. Williams was Two-Face. Shout out to, he was originally supposed to be Two-Face in the sequel the, when, uh, or the third movie, if the, Harvey, um, the one that Tommy Lee if Jones Tim played, Burton, if Tim Burton uh, was was going to do, and Tommy that. Lee Jones played too, yeah, in, in the Joel one Schumacher one. Yeah. one. Uh, so that's an awesome thing. Zoe Kravitz was Catwoman for just for saying meow puns. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're in. I can imagine the whole the way that this film was made was that they they went into like the comedy Bang Bang Studio or something like that, and was just like, hey, we whoever's on the show this week, can we just get you in for one line? Katie Mikuchi uh, was Mikucci. Clayface. Was Clayface? Yeah. What is she from? Uh, Kate Mikuchi is part of um, Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, they have a, they have a TV show and like you can look up all their stuff that, uh, online. They plays ukulele, very cute, very funny. Seth yeah. Green was King Kong. Eddie Izzard was Voldemort. Uh, Channing Tatum was Superman, which is hilarious. Again, they all had like maybe Jonah three Hill lines. was Green Lantern. Adam Devine was the Flash. Right. Oh my god! Like it just goes on but, and but on the film and doesn't on. lean in and, and never. Ray, Ray and you Fine, would never know. Ray Fine was, was the was a uh, was Alfred. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is weird. I spent the whole movie going, "Who is that voice?" Yeah, because um, he's got such a distinctive voice. I mean, yeah, um, I just watched uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel again recently, and it's like he's got such a beautiful voice. And I was like, "But he's he's not playing it up." And I don't know if that's a case of just kind of just coming in and doing it and walking away. Oh, Ellie <laughs> Kemper was the block was Phyllis. I thought it was um, someone else, but you thought not- it was Crazy Ex Girlfriend Girl, and it's the girl from Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, there's a ton. There's here, a ton of great people. Here, here's one other thing I wanted to just uh, touch on because I remember when I watched the Lego movie, there was part of me that kind of felt slightly uncomfortable by that movie. Not that I didn't think it was a good movie, not that I didn't think it was a good time, but that I felt like I just watched a one and a half hour advert for Lego. But here's the thing. See, I didn't, but okay. Uh, you know, like... It, it, it ostensibly is that, you know, like well, it, all of these things are advertisements for, for things. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it, that's what it is. But on the other, but the other side of that is, I think we're universally in agreement that Lego is a force for good in people's imaginations. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think one of the things about, even though the movie is ostensibly an advertisement for Lego, like mm-hmm. you want to buy Lego when you watch this movie I think it taps into the re it, both this and the Lego movie tap into something, which is that it taps into the reason why we love Lego, which is that it captures our magic. Like the thing, you know, you were talking about all the things you can latch onto. One of the things that I really liked about the Lego movie was this idea of um, the master builder. And also this idea of like the dad who, you know, it got into this meta commentary of the yeah. dad who like is obsessive of Lego. And then a kid who just wants to destroy it. He's and have literally fun like, don't break my stuff. Exactly. And it, and I think, and I think the, these movies, both the Lego movie and Lego Batman tap into like why we love Lego. It, it, it captures your imagination. I think there's something, um, in the way the like these are 3D animations, obviously, but not in the same way that Toy Story is or or Pixar movie is. It's still they're made to look like physical objects. They're made to look like physical objects, and they there's a tactile quality to it, which makes us, which reminds us of why we like Lego in the first place. So right. I I liked it when Batman kind of like creates a ship, uh, you know, by grabbing parts here and there. Right. The scuttler. Yeah, right. and it was like all this sort of blockiness to it, and I think. I think that's a kind of magic ingredient that they've got going so far. I don't know how long that could last. They, and I still do, uh, you know, just a little bit go, this is a giant ad for Lego. But but I don't feel bad about that. You know what right. I mean? In the first one, there was a big contrast between um, putting master builders on a pedestal and then also people who, like, just follow instructions. Right. And those were sort of, like, the people singing along to Everything is Awesome in the beginning. Everything is yeah. awesome. Yeah, and so, yeah, it is, like, an invitation to be more creative. You want to you wanna be one of the master builder people. Yeah. And it, yeah. Now, but, but it's what like, other company and what other property could make a movie in their universe, let's say, or just sort of a piece of their universe, and we wouldn't be like, fuck you, shill. Like, what? See, I'm trying to think of another one that I'd be like, okay, but see, the reason is, is that, is that with certain companies, like for oh, example, I figured it out. You'd give yours. I figured. Well, it out. well, I was gonna say the, for for certain companies, there's a uh, you could argue that the the selling of the product has a 
not dangerous side to it, but it, like an excessive side and, and it leans too far into consumerism. Like for example, if, if there was a McDonald's Happy Meal movie, we would go, well, I don't feel comfortable with that because we don't want our kids to be playing, you know, eating McDonald's all the time. We, I don't think that's a good thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But if my kid was playing Lego for a day or two, you know, for two days or five days straight or whatever, I wouldn't necessarily think that that was a bad thing. Now, right. I do think, you know, like... You're going to have trouble with your kid when the Minecraft movie drops. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's going to be something, there's something to branding a property like Lego and making it all about the branding, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, Lego is essentially, is just blocks, you know, like just, but there, but there's something inherently good about that. Or maybe I'm being naive about that. Like maybe there's, there's like a, you know, like, like we all, you know, the, the, the Nestle chocolate scandals, you know, where right. we realize how Nestle chocolate is actually made and you realize that are that's you saying, bad. Are you saying Nestle? Nestle. That's how I say it, Nestle. Oh. Um, how, how, how you I knew mean? what you meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, maybe there's someone some- someone who also says things differently. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe there's some part of Lego that is insidious that I'm naive about, you know, like the way we manufacture plastic, the amount of waste they create. Well, I, I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You, but, yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of angles just like that. But right now I feel good about Legos. I like Legos. So, yeah. the, so the film kind of like taps into something where, it, where I think is kind of, wholesome um you know like uh, this is a sort of side tangent but i i always felt like the pixar's cars movie always didn't work for me because like because life is not a highway and you will not drive it all night long nope because cars like in excess of cars kind of has this association with pollution and it was this world that you mm-hmm. know cars only existed and so i sort of i would feel a little uncomfortable about that world but there's to me, this so far, unless you told you started telling me that Lego is all made with child labor. I, 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 you know what I mean? You had me until it's, the cars it's analogy. It's easier to have more fun because it's so innocuous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. It's that same thing that, it, that invitation to it's all, participate. It's and all enjoy. about, it's all about checks and balances. It's all about, okay, yes, maybe Legos are made poorly and whatever. We don't know, but like there's also Legos in, in our lives, in, in the kids before us lives and our kids, whenever they come or if you have them, their lives, Legos will be not only a form of entertainment that we feel is okay, but also something that we have tangible proof in ourselves that like helped us realize what creativity was when we were kids. So then when you have, you pair that, you check a bunch of boxes there, then you pair that with, yes, it's an obvious commercial, either the Lego movie or the Lego Batman movie, but it's a commercial that treats its audience with a great respect because everything they're dipping into, they are respecting in turn. So like it's, it's this, it's this perfect balancing act of not talking up or down to people. And, and look, it's literally called the Lego Batman movie. So right up front, you're like this. Okay. This is a big Lego commercial. Then that's, but, but then they deliver and you're fine. I'm cool. If they could figure out, and some people have, but not many, if they could figure out ways to advertise to me all the time, which a lot of times they do, but in a way that's subversive and that I also enjoy watching, that's the holy grail of advertising. Right. And this is this is the closest I've ever seen to that because you're being advertised while loving what you're watching and not really thinking about in the moment other than you because you're cynical and hate fun. <laughs> the, 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 the sinisterness that could be lurking behind the shadows. Interestingly, the movie is produced by Stephen Munchen is also our new Secretary of Treasury. So, but he's done his his cinematic work. I've been looking at it. His cinematic work is all over the damn place. He's basically put money in about fifty percent of movies that have done great and fifty percent of movies that have tanked. So uh, he's really riding that line. He's Let's, riding uh, that line. So that could be one thing. No, but. I love you. Made a really good point there because yeah, it's like Legos are like multiple generations, and so you already have this wide age range and audience, and then also economically, they're not expensive. Yeah. And so, yeah, so yeah, relatively speaking, yeah. I mean, I don't remember them being expensive. Right now, if you want to get like the bigger sets, which is kind of nuts, like especially the licensed stuff, that does get a little pricey. But, but you're right. You can but go if you buy, were, if you're a child, mm-hmm. you can go buy like a small set. You can go to the dollar Legos. store and yeah. buy some Legos. Yeah. 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 So yeah. everybody had some. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, and, uh, you know, like Matt, like you said, everything is advertising at some point. Um, but this doesn't feel like, you're, I'm getting something bad from the advertising. No. You know what I mean? It feels like it's something that I think is relatively innocuous. Again, mm-hmm. write us in if you know more about Legos, the, you know, like <laughs> the sinister history of the Lego Corporation, uh, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Everything is advertising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Everything is advertising. No, nope. Um, nope, nope. So <laughs> this movie, uh, let's talk about sort of the emotional, uh, the emotional aspect to it. Okay. Oh shit! Jess just got excited. I just sat down. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, do you want to start us off then? I love. Well, you know, I love talking about like the intangibles. Okay. Do it. Okay, go, go. And go, now go, go. the intangibles with okay. Jess Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this hit me right in the feels. In your ninth ab. In my ninth, <laughs> deep in the ninth ab, which I love that was just in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I Okay, so I loved it so much to the point where today I really had to take time and sit and examine why I, I liked it so much. And the laughs are easy. Yeah, it, it was funny. And so I laughed the whole time and I enjoyed it for that. Enjoy the action, like I said. But the feels, the, the heart stuff... Um, I think with movies and with conversations and with um, stories in general, you don't always remember uh, exactly what was said. I know like we were thinking of quotes and I feel like I need to go back and watch it again just because there were so many good quotes. But if, if you remember the way it made you feel and you usually remember like the ending too. Sure. And so, um, and, and the way that it's going to make me feel is different than the way it's going to make you feel is different than the way it's going to make Shahir feel, Mm -hmm. um, because of, you know, different things that are going on in your life or, you know, just like who you are. And for me, I grew up in, um, I come from like an adoptive family. I'm not personally adopt adopted. Um, my, my siblings are. Mm -hmm. And so the adoption story in this was super, um, like touching because there's not a lot of movies that kind of go there and there's not a lot of movies that go there with the the kind of language of like orphan and like, Oh, I'm so glad I have a dad now and, and things like that. Um, and, and the Michael reason Sarah constantly <laughs> looking for his dad. Yeah. And Padre. <laughs> Padre, I loved at the end. He goes, my hijo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Spanish. <laughs> and I laughed right away cause I know what hijo means, but then, the rest of people laughed whenever he said that Spanish for my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I thought that that was special. The reason that I say that it's almost a perfect movie is because they didn't handle the adoption stuff like very gently. And so if you have kids, like, like Shahir's quote, yeah, <laughs> like keep like maybe 12 and up for this. Yeah. If you, if you are, you know, have like an, an adoptive family member, maybe that you want to take. Um, and then also, I love to, it sort of goes along with like the superhero idea of that people are worth dying for. And at the end, what really, really makes him come around is he's like, I care about no one. Um, You know, his big thing with the Joker is like, you mean nothing to me. (laughs) And then in the end, you know, his big reversal is that he, he would have given everything up, you know, to, to save his people and his family. And and going back to the adoption thing really quickly. Um, it, it it introduces the concept, I think, to kids, too, of family being um, people that you choose. Right. Yes. And yes. that's super, 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 super important because and even if you're not from an adoptive family, like, you know, you if if I say you're like my brother and then, you know, it's just it's just like dedicating, you know, time and and um, and and following through with like relationships and, and sort of making those very conscious sure. decisions. So um, I thought that, that was good. And then also the last thing was that it takes like a village, um, you know, to build a team. And they actually had something along those lines in the trailer that kind of like popped up. Like they were really like kind of like punching that as like one of the themes of the movie is that it take it takes all of us to like kind of yeah. come together and make this whole thing work. And so and then at the very end, there was like this grand scene can i go to the end yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely okay. i don't yeah well, they li- i don't know jess we're 52 minutes <laughs> in so yeah. they literally have to like snap their lego yeah. body parts together yeah you have to use your ass. Like- they literally have to come together <laughs> yeah yeah to save the city <laughs> to save the city what was that quote he was like do you have abs <laughs> do you work out bro how are, how are your abs how are your abs yeah it's sort of soft and squishy soft and flabby <laughs> yeah well, I'm gonna need you to. Use, I'm gonna need you to use that. Yeah, the the <laughs> to crunch. the thing you said that resonated with me. This was the sort of the 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 concept, and now this is sort of the earliest form of media that a child would see. I think about picking you who who your family is. Your yeah. family. Uh, 
your for your friends and her family right like because it's true like you and it's all different even jess you and i were talking about this last night what was it the coyotes the bees and the owls oh yeah we won't get into what that means <laughs> I, I brought up the, i think this needs a primer to get but no no, no but it's just different kinds of friends you have different kinds of people that you meet throughout your life and they're you know the, the different levels of sort of not even importance but interaction and all sorts of stuff but there are people i mean shahir you and i have been friends for maybe three years four years and then we've been doing this thing for over a year we're now very close i'm literally moving into your backyard <laughs> welcome to the neighborhood i'm moving uh, uh later this week uh, also uh jess i've known you since we were interns together 10 11 years ago 12 years and, I was, yeah and we haven't always been close but we've had like pockets of closeness so like but i think this is an important wait, which, which animal are what wait, wait what are the, okay, the what are the levels to, of, can, yeah. I, can i tell you just really quickly yeah. I, I last night we were having dinner and i was like can i bring up aristotle for a minute <laughs> And I was like, I, if you don't, you're sure. in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, Does uh, every conversation start with, Mick, can we bring up Aristotle at this moment? Because I wanted to dive into something of, of how to how to talk about friendships. And I like the way that like Aristotle had this outline of like, there's three types of friends. You have your worker, you have your um, friends of utility, mm -hmm. which are your people, your friends that you work with. You're, you're together, you're making something, you're accomplishing a goal. And let's call those, we called them last night, worker bees. Worker like, bees. Like, worker bees. In the office, they said, the people you share a bit of carpet with. <laughs> that's, right. That's what they said. You know. Yeah. And it's like, we may not hang out outside of work or yeah. outside of um, school or like whatever we're doing, but whenever we're there making in that thing like we're you're yeah. you're my bro and then there are your friends that are your friends that have absolutely no survival value that are like um just like your friends that are for fun we call those coyotes because coyotes don't need each other they literally just hang out for fun right <laughs> they travel like <laughs> yeah. in a giant pack of like 30 yeah <laughs> can you tell a big group in the country uh, <laughs> yes um and I have a friend, I have a friend I was telling you last night, like I just, if I go so long where I don't see her, I feel out of balance. And right. I'm just like, I just need you. I just need to go to Disney World with you or like something. Right. And then you have your, your people um, that are, uh, he describes as like your soul friends. Like you have those people that like their friendships that can't be made. You can only find them and right. call those like the owls, the owls. because you, you can only... Um, like it's as if your soul cries out whenever you see someone like oh there you are like you've yeah. you know where have you been this whole time so yeah I mean with that sort of as the primer this movie does a great job at at trying to tell you that there's not only do you not have to be alone to be cool in a weird yeah. way that's like, like the super base level nonsense but like also like you can pick your essentially your family yeah. Alfred picked Batman, yeah. right? Alfred picked him for a, a, a different reasons than, say, Batman finally picked Robin. Yeah. And then and Batgirl finally joined up for different reasons than all three of them. Mm -hmm. So it's like it was a very although I will say side note, if I have one problem with this film. OK, because we are getting toward the end. So I feel like if there's anything bad, I should say it now. The Batgirl story. Yeah, I was always because I know in, in the comic books, Barbara eventually becomes disabled at some point. And she oh, yeah, but that's not why she becomes the Oracle Oracle. Yeah, she yes, Joker breaks her spine. So, um, yeah, yeah. And so I was like in the back of my mind when when she appeared in the film and Joker was in the film as well, I was kind of like, I don't want this to go in that direction. And I really hope it doesn't. Um, but I kind of, you know. Um, what, what's interesting about what you guys just said in terms of the hierarchy of friendships is that it's, that's something that I think has been, that's clearly in the world of Batman and has always been in the world of Batman. And I think this is the first movie, except for oddly, badly done Batman and Robin. Um, you know, right. badly done in Batman and Robin, but I think, you know, like well done in this movie, you know, like which, which takes that out of the, the, the Batman universe and brings it into, into a true story moment. Yeah. Um, which it's strange to me that everyone doing Batman, everyone who makes a Batman movie doesn't come into it going, what's the thing that I want to latch onto? What's the, why do I like Batman? What, what is it about Batman mm -hmm. that really gets me going? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for lack of a better term, I think Chris McKay did. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. I think Chris McKay yeah. found something in this, don't, in this. But we in, don't need another Batman after this. But the yeah. but the thing I was getting to was not the Barbara Gordon stuff you were talking about. When like the the he had like the 
the love music and everything when yeah. he saw her. And and it like goes all nowhere. Yeah, well, yeah. No, no, not even that it goes nowhere. If I'm a Batman purist, it does go nowhere, which I'm glad it goes nowhere because then he goes, my, and my, my, what pl- was the my platonic lady friend who I, my, my platonic lady coworker who I respect as a human being. Like the, the, the pre-show I had, and this is a little bit bringing, uh, you know, leftovers to the table, but mm-hmm. uh, the killing joke, the new, yeah. the animated killing joke, <laughs> which was, awful. which was awful, yeah. added a whole thing in the beginning. Now, Batman and Batgirl have never romantically gotten together. <laughs> she's actually been in, in canon. Uh, she's much younger. She's Jim's daughter. Okay. He's probably 30 or 35 or 40, and she's like 18 or 19 or something like that. And then in the new, a new version of this, the, the comic book called The Killing Joke, where the Joker paralyzes her. It does some horrible things. It's a, it's a uh, late 80s, early 90s book that, um, you know, people love or hate. And it doesn't hold the test of time, really. Like, it's not, it doesn't stand up. But in this animated version, because the story's so short, they just released the animated version last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they add this whole thing in the beginning of Barbara Gordon and, uh, like, how she's just, like, almost like kind of pining after Batman. And then they like, have like a weird hookup on a roof after this. And it's just like, it rubbed me and a ton of Batman fans bat, the wrong way. Bat people, bat fans, uh, <laughs> bat fan. And, uh, they, that has nothing to do with this movie, but no, but it kind of did because the second, and I know any Batman fan, not for kids and not for anyone else, but like people that know the Batman stuff, I guarantee you everyone that saw that, like when the music played and he was like romantically like into her, mm-hmm. he it was sort of like, oh, fuck, please don't do this. And then they didn't. So then I was curious as to why they did it anyway. Okay. Like the joke didn't go anywhere. I have a theory on this because I thought that was the one other thing I was going to bring up, too, was that he was like all about like pursuing her at first. And then it literally just fizzles out and goes nowhere. And yet he ends it with like, you're my platonic lady friend. The reason that they had to have him go all goo goo eyes and zone out like that was because that was the exact moment where he agreed to adopt little Robin. Yeah. He had to have a story scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get Vicky Vale in there for a second. I don't know. It did Lego Vicky Vale. It just it did whatever. That's just again nerd problems. Um, yeah, that's a. I mean, that's I a little bit of a reach. I, I think. didn't know about that other stuff though. Yeah. No, that's fine, and I, that's great. It's just I do know that that that's that's it's a weird like if you look at the cultural touch points of Batman and what pisses Batman fans off over the last god twenty years that that in two thousand sixteen was like the touch point. Mm-hmm. It was just like you just completely disrespected a powerful female character and turned her into this lovesick puppy that eventually sleeps with her boss like right. it was just very st- anyway i know we're not talking about that uh I, I mean we've been going for almost an hour should we get to final thoughts about the lego batman movie though i think we've covered a ton shahir you want to start i mean i look at i like i said before i enjoyed the hell out of this movie i i I didn't mind when people were engaging with the movie because I felt that the movie invited you to do that. Um, I didn't mind when there were kids in the movie theater at a late night session because I think the movie (laughs) invites that. And I think, you know, like it rewards, you know, like kids as well as adults. Um, It's just the thing is that, you know, like right now what's happening with the the. Ben Affleck solo for Batman movie. He's 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 walked away as the director. And now he almost and, doesn't want to do the the I, acting. Well, I I think the thing that's happening there, and I know this has got nothing to do with the Lego Batman movie, but the thing no, that's happening fun. there is that he's probably realizing at some point that he might be on a sinking ship, mm-hmm. or or maybe maybe I don't you know like I'm purely speculating here, and and you know like it's like there's a time he's not. He's not going to be basically. He's not going to be inheriting Batman as an as like Robert Downey Jr. did with Iron Man. You know, something he could play for the next twenty years and mm-hmm. really get into. So I think he's probably like going, well, you know. Um, and and Matt Reeves was going to step in as the director. Um, Matt Reeves directed the Dawn of the uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and um, you love those. Yeah, I, I really really like those. Um, so I would have I would have liked that, but he also step walked away as well. The my point here is is that is that I think the two best Batman movies that have ever been made um, are The Dark Knight and the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> I, I literally think those are the two. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. the two best Batman movies. Okay, I, I, have an, I have a side argument, which is I think that the Arkham Asylum, the video game, is a, is arguably the best Batman movie mm, ever okay. made that you happen to be able to interact with. Fun fact, after this, we're going to strap Jess into the Batman VR yeah, so that's gonna be. Oh, fun. great! Okay, but but so I I think this is the second best Batman movie that's ever been made, and I think 
it is true to Batman as a character, a character I happen to love and have read a lot, you know, since I was a 10 year old. Um, so for, for, it's surprising to me that that the Lego version of this story happens to be the truest version of 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 you know the thing that taps into something so true, um, outside of Christopher Nolan's sure. work, which is you know which is kind of a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I will say that this it's funny because you said the best Batman movies. I'm gonna say that Batman Returns and this are the two best Batman movies. I'm not gonna, the not dark, gonna argue the with that. Dark Knight though yeah. is the best movie. Mm-hmm. Now, but like it's just it's just it's if you want to just look, call a spade a spade, if you look at all of the angles, you have to add it all together. The Dark Knight is the best movie featuring Batman. However, the Lego Batman movie and I think in some parts Batman Returns are the best. Batman movies. I know that's a little back and forth. But that, actually, think, your your distinction of that explains a lot about you, to be honest with you. I know. You it just really keep does. saying the word Batman. I'll just get confused Batman. and agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> different, different, uh, different Batman. Yeah. Um, no, this movie's great. Go take your kids. Go take your significant other. Go take your grandparents. Uh, like you can. There's something for everyone in this. And uh, look, if you can have a movie that combines like hardcore EDM uh, beatboxing <laughs> Batman and a very long running three Pete Jim Cotta joke, yeah, the thrill of gymnastics gym, yeah. with the killer karate guys. I have a poster uh, given to me by my good friend Stephen Buja for my birthday because I love the film Jim Cotta. Uh, it's the thrill of gymnastics and the killer karate. Um, <laughs> It's an 80s movie starring Olympic Hopeful Kurt Thomas. And there's a joke about it. And there's a joke that is continual. He actually, Robin does, he does the Jim Cotta. (laughs) Right, he does the moves. He does the moves that would normally be on a pummel horse. It's (laughs) amazing. So anytime you can do all this stuff, all the stuff we've said, it's going to be a movie that A, is is more than a flash in a pan, uh, and B, can resonate with you on an emotional level while you have a good time. So rock and roll. Batman out. Jessica. Yes. Take the mic. (laughs) Take us home. I, okay, I really, really liked it. I'm probably going to buy it and put it right next to my other Lego movie. two or three movies. So that I can have three movies in my digital library. Um, (laughs) I I reckon that I'll probably see this 10 times in my life. And I feel like a lot of times I go see a movie and I think I'll probably never see that again. Yeah. It's funny, but like more than a Pixar movie? I I think so. I'm not, I don't love the Pixar movies okay. apart from Toy Story. But I really, yeah, I really, because I, I, I just laughed so hard and that's so important. Right, okay. Me. Also, is this a is this the only like postmodern Batman? Uh, I would argue probably. It's the, it's the only self-referential Batman mm-hmm. that I could think of. I don't know. I haven't read the New 52, like whether that gets into that. There's but, a couple jabs, but it's not, it's not, not the, doing this. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's kind of... Do you think that's the mo of the Lego universe? You know, it's, yes. it's a postmodern masterpiece, essentially. Yeah. Master yeah. builders of post- postmodern masturbation, perhaps. What? No, <laughs> you keep slipping words like that. In. Oh, have you noticed? Have you noticed someone has things on his brain all I, the time? I'm constantly slipping things. I love. In. I love how you're the sexual deviant and I'm the psychopath. Right. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Anyway. Combine us together and we're a great date. Oh my God. Say. <laughs> Ladies, fire up your Tinders and uh, your Bumbles. Uh, but, but Jess, any, I mean, you love this movie. Yeah, I loved it. Of all the movies you've been on the podcast for. Oh. We've done The Revenant. We've done Star Wars. We've done, what was the third one? We Fantastic, Fantastic Beast. Beast. Fantastic Beast. And this is now the Lego Batman. I have to give it to this one because I laughed so much. Yeah. I like, you know, Star Wars is, was special. Star Wars was something different because- it introduced me to something like culturally that I had been missing out on for, um, you know, my whole life. And so that was like, that was like unique and a fun experience to kind of submerge myself in for like several movies (laughs) and several hours. (laughs) Um, but this was just like, I love the, I love the cupcake. The metaphor. It's a good, it's a good metaphor. It's a nice little cupcake movie. Anyway, this has been the only podcast about the Lego Batman movie. Shahir, <laughs> when you're not enjoying a nice, piping hot, reheated plate of lobster Thermidor, where can folks find you? <laughs> I'll generally be eating a cupcake at Tootle Red Hands. Shout out to Tootle Red Hands. But you can find me not at Tootle Red Hands because I'd. Be Say getting, two little red heads one more time. Tootle Red Hands. I'd be gaining too hens? much weight. Hands. As in the, you know, 
young female chicken. Okay. Um, but um, uh, you can find me at shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, where you can find my life, my works, and other random photos of me. And you can find me at MatthewKroll.com. You can also find me on Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z or Emperor MSK on Twitter. You can also get a hold of us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or OnlyMoviePodcast.com uh, for our life .com. and works. You can also get us on iTunes. Please leave some reviews. We've been getting some nice feedback in the emails. Now write them on the the actual iTunes machine. I know it's it's broken. It doesn't quite work for some reason for us. We haven't gotten a response back. Uh, Jessica. Thank you? you so much. Thank you. Where can we find you, Jason? Oh, yeah. you can find me. I'm easy. I'm on Instagram at Jess Tucker three, <laughs> and then you want to rephrase that? <laughs> oh God, just let it slide. <laughs> I'm gonna let. Well, I, I, I just had to slip I, it in because he listed like 15 <laughs> things. He said 15 things. <laughs> um, <so> help! Help! <laughs> now I need to be the adult. I need to be the adult. Rescue me for, on Instagram. I'm at Jess Tucker three, and on Twitter at Mother Tucker. M O T H A T U C K A. Yeah. Don't make a joke about it. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we will see you next week. Oh, but last thing. This is the last podcast in this studio. It was born here, and now I'm moving. So we're going, we're ripping down the sound tiles, and uh, we're going to go over to uh, Shahir's backyard. It's kind of sad. So, I mean. You're, you're putting up a tent in my backyard. I'm literally <laughs> setting up a podcast studio in a tent, but uh, this this room has treated us well, and I, I, uh, I'm I looking around it with fond reverence. It's like a bat cave. It's like my own personal bat cave. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so, bye, Bat Cave. We'll be back with a new Bat Cave. Bat Cave. <laughs> Sort of me! <laughs> <laughs>